Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another digital citizen episode three hundred and eighty-five. Hello, Luke. Hi, hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going. According to Wikipedia, year 385 was a common year starting on a Wednesday. The year three, like, a, you mean AD? Or like, mm -hmm. right, okay. I was going to say, AD. right. Mm -hmm. If you go backwards, I think that probably isn't true. But sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have some birthdays. We have a Avitus, a Western Roman Emperor was uh, born in 385 never heard of him so happy happy birthday saint patrick have you heard of maybe i've heard of that guy with the snakes right yeah. yes with the snakes drove all the snakes out of ireland that's a real miracle that actually yes. happened <laughs> yes because there's no snakes in ireland right we, we all know that I uh, I uh, I uh, was talk. I don't remember who I was, was talking to. Maybe it was you. Who, who the fuck knows? And I I was talking a little about uh, uh, if I wanted to go to Australia, and I was like, no, but I would go to New Zealand. And they were like, why would you not go to Australia but go to New Zealand? And I was like, there's snakes in Australia. There's no snakes in New Zealand. Right, yeah. Or exactly. deadly snakes, yeah. yeah. Uh, according to irishcentral.com, which is a website, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why that's a website, but <laughs> maybe just so Irish people can get together. Uh, it says that St. Patrick's did not really ban the snakes from Ireland because there never were any snakes in Ireland. Oh. <laughs> because the climate is not correct for snakes. Oh, I see. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. Why do we drink on St. Patrick's Day again and get super drunk? Uh, I guess just because it's fun to get drunk. And also it's fun to have everything being green. Right, and uh, pinching yeah. people if they don't wear green. Is that a thing you do? Pinching people? I think it's like pinching people here. Yeah, yeah, well, you don't do it here because then you would be put in jail, but yeah. <laughs> other uh, other countries, I'm sure, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to... You're supposed to pinch them in somewhere that's not going to get you put in jail, I suppose, yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. Because uh, if you pinch, like, random people in the butt... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think... Would... Yeah, that would work out well yeah. for you, more than likely. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Depends on the person. Some people are into yeah? that. Some people are into that, well, you know. All people have... You're uh... really, really risking it, so don't do that. But, you know, some uh -huh. people out there... Uh, 385 is also the area country code for Croatia. Are we talking about Croatia at all this week? No, I don't think so. No. 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 <laughs> but it is uh, the telephone number. Uh, in If you're uh, calling Croatia, you need to uh, pass, uh, take a plus. 385. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all I know about 385. 
it's not as interesting as last week somehow. I don't no, know how. No. Yeah. I'm, 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 t- I'm, this is my new thing that we're opening with like uh, the Wikipedia article for, for, uh, the I think it works sometimes and then other times not, yeah. which I like because then it keeps it, you know, unpredictable. Yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, what an unpredictable week. It was it's a, been weird. It's been a weird, weird week. week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, here has been a little crazy for the last couple of days because massive uh, storm hitting basically the whole West Coast. Uh, mm-hmm. And so just getting, I've just been getting ready for the last like two days to, you know, be inside for multiple days at a time. Yeah, we were a little bit worried if uh, we were going to get to record today because of snow warnings in Luke's area. Uh, I find it always a little bit funny when you get snow warnings when it's like in Norway, a snow warning in Norway. I would love to see that. Uh, Well, I guess it's not really a snow warning. The major, it's like a temperature warning because it's going to be negative 12 here on Friday, I think it was, Thursday or Friday, because everything's kind of shifted one day. That's why we were worried that it was going to be bad today, but it's actually going to be bad like tomorrow or the next day, really bad. But it's going to be negative 12 Fahrenheit, which is negative 25, 24 and a half Mm. Celsius. Mm. So that's the thing, you know, don't want anything, pipes freezing and stuff like that when you're down at that kind of temperature. Yeah, that, that sounds cold. Yeah. Uh, what is also cold, <laughs> the Cold War, uh, we can go there, I guess, because, uh, holy moly, I, I have to say, uh, if you're going to shoot down a balloon that's from China, make sure it's just, uh, like, uh, a real, <laughs> real balloon and not some hobbyist's $12 balloon. Uh, yeah, at least one of the three, uh, you know, there was the one main balloon that everybody talks about, the Chinese balloon, and then there's the three other balloons. Uh, a group of amateur balloonists uh, in Illinois might have solved the mystery of one of the unknown flying objects shot down by the U.S. military last week. Uh, North, The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, I like that, that's a pretty good name, mm. said one of its hobby craft went missing in action in in quotes, over Alaska on February 11th, the exact same day the U.S. F-22 jet jet fighter downed an unidentified airborne entity not far away from Canada's Yukon region. So that would put this balloon in the exact place and at the exact time that this happened, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In a blog post, the group said uh, it did not link the two two events, but the trajectory of the balloon before its last recorded electronic check-in at 12.48 that day suggested a connection. So. (laughs) And how much money did you use to take this balloon down? If that is what happened, it would mean that the U.S. military expended a missile costing (laughs) $439,000 to blow up a hobby balloon worth about $12 or 10 pounds. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of funny, but then you realize that the one over Lake Huron, which could also just be a hobby balloon, for all we know at this uh-huh. point, because what I've heard this week is they've decided to not look for any of the debris of the final three balloons. Like, they've just given mm-hmm. up on that completely. They shot two because they missed the first time, which means they basically spent a million dollars on the Lake Huron one. Uh, 
For what could have been like a fifteen dollar balloon, or at, at most, yeah. if it was a hobby balloon that was like somebody who was really like spending a lot on their hobby, let's say it could go up to maybe a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars if you're getting a really expensive hobby balloon. To like, you know, I guess the hobby that they're do is like a uh, tracking weather uh, formations mm-hmm. and um, I think that's what these hobbyists were doing, you know. With these weather balloons. Probably. I know a few amateur meteorologists. It's like a thing that people do, so. Really? Yeah, it's kind of fun to, like, kind of, because a lot of it is just prediction. And so, just because somebody on the news is predicting one thing, you can look at the information yourself, and if you, like, study Mm -hmm. how to do it correctly, you could come up with kind of your own predictions, uh... And sometimes you get them right, sometimes you don't get it right. So I can see the appeal to the hobby, you know what I mean? Right. And here's someone that had a hammer radio. And and here, here's something I didn't know. Uh, I, I think I talked to this person last week or, or the week before. You actually have to have a permit to have a, a, a ham right. I think radio. it's a specific, like... Uh, power designation so like if you if it's below an, a certain amount of power you don't need a a license because i had a little ham radio kit that i made when i was a kid right uh, but if you but the, if it's powerful enough to like do a certain amount then you have to have because yes. it could interfere with lots of things i didn't know that you needed uh, uh, a thing to to have that yeah well think about it if you're like interfering with like police communication or air airplane communications and things like that i I, I do understand why yeah yeah Yeah, totally uh but uh yeah it says Uh, here by the way hmm? uh the chinese balloon that they're calling the spy balloon the u.s intelligence Hmm. officials were tracking that balloon uh, since the day that it lifted off from the south coast of China, China U.S. officials said, uh, according to U.S. officials, after the takeoff, the spy balloon uh, drifted in the direction of Hawaii and then went north to Alaska and where it entered U.S. airspace. Given the path, it's possible the balloon was blown off course by weather, the U.S. officials said, once it came over the continental U.S., then the U- the United States says it began to be controlled by China. Mm. So the entire way across the ocean, and then it clearly didn't have any propulsion system because it just got blown hundreds, if not thousands of miles off course from Hawaii all the way to Alaska um, by a mm. weather system. Then they're saying at that point, China decided, oh, now we're going to take control of it, even though we were just letting mm. it go like go thousands of miles off course. I think that kind of puts, in my mind, more question into whether this was a sp- quote-unquote spy balloon. You know, if it was a spy balloon, would they just let it go thousands of miles off course? Also, yeah. Uh, worst spy balloon where it says property of China on the, on the side. Well, not the, only that, in this uh, article it says we were tracking it from the day it lifted off from the south coast of China, Right. So we knew it was there the entire time, but then when people started pointing it out, the U.S. was like, we don't know what that is, but we were tracking it the entire time, right? So did you not know what it was, or was that a lie? And I guess the answer is that was a lie. Yeah. 
Well, talking about China, uh, Zelensky wants China uh, to ally with Russia. Or there will be a new world war. Hey, hey. It's almost like I predicted this exact thing like hmm. six months ago when I said if Russia, Iran, and China all get together, it's going to start a whole new world war, <laughs> right? I remember mm-hmm. saying that exact it's thing. almost like you said that. Excuse it's me. almost like you said it. Excuse me, cough. Ukrainian President cough. Zelensky has warned China against supporting Russia, saying that doing so would threaten to bring a new world war. The warning came in an interview published Monday in German newspaper De Welt, in which Zelensky outlined his hopes that China would choose to support Ukraine and not Russia in the ongoing conflict. Zelensky told the newspaper that he sees opportunity for China to make a pragmatic assessment of the situation. Secretary of State for the U.S., Anthony Blinken, attended a meeting with China's top diplomat at the Munich Security Conference last Saturday, in which he raised the U.S.'s concerns, uh, according to the U.S. Department of State, Blinken warned China of the implications and consequences, quote-unquote, of providing material support or assistance with systematic sanctions, uh, with the systematic sanctions uh, to Russia, right? So, saying if you go against our sanctions, we're gonna, we're gonna retaliate. Yeah, uh, and uh, Putin had a little speech that we will talk a little about a little later. Uh, Which I think was, because... That speech was supposed to happen, like, months ago. I think it was a direct yeah. kind of... Um, it, there were certain things, this, and then something else that happened right after it, which we're also going to talk about. And then mm-hmm. that speech, and I think they all are in, what, uh, reaction to each other, in a way. Yeah, because Biden uh, went to Ukraine for a surprise visit. Was it such a surprise that when he came out of the train, he went, Surprise! I'm here! No, it was such a surprise that they called up Russia and told them before he went, which is actually what happened. Um, oh. Yeah, they did. They, they. So that's not really a surprise, then. It was a surprise to everybody except for Russia. Um, President Joe right. Biden swept, which I guess is a good idea. You don't want it to happen and actually surprise them because... That would be worse, technically, you know. (laughs) President Joe Biden swept unannounced into Ukraine on Monday to meet with Zelensky in a defiant display of Western solidarity with a country still fighting what he called a brutal and unjust war days before the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. One year later, Kiev stands, Biden declared after meeting Zelensky, jabbing his finger for emphasis on his podium against a backdrop of three flags from each country... He continued, the Ukraine, the Ukraine stands, democracy stands, and America stands with you, and the world stands with you. Biden spent more than five hours in Ukraine cap- capital. Uh, the visit came at a crucial moment. Biden is trying to keep allies unified in their support for Ukraine. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all stand behind Ukraine. I mean... Uh... Uh, Tron is also going to talk a little about the Ukrainian war a little bit later. Uh, I mean, it's been on people's mind this week because of all these thing, things that's, uh, that has happened. Uh, it is a year. Uh, you call it an anniversary? 
It seems you know wrong I mean? to call it an answer, but that's what they call it, the anniversary right. of 9-11. They also say that, right. and I'm always like, that seems yeah. like the wrong word. We need a different word <laughs> for this. Right. Happy, happy one year anniversary of being... Of 9-11, right. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't... It doesn't flow off the tongue correctly. It just seems no, wrong. No, yeah. it seems a tiny bit wrong. Uh, a byproduct by by uh, being there uh, was that the, the UK uh, one of the UK press uh, women got to speak to Zelensky's wife about the war. Uh, so that was uh, on, on UK TV. That was very interesting. Okay. Uh, so they follow followed uh, Biden on on this trip. Uh, it yeah maybe the, if you saw that you would have seen. Uh, this is only of course in American news. This is what you get: Biden wearing a blue suit at times in his signature aviator glasses. Told Zelensky the U.S. will stand with him. The Ukrainian leader, wearing a black sweatshirt as it became a wartime habit for him, said through an interpreter that Biden's visit brings us closer to victory. Got to know what they're wearing. That's super important that we know exactly their style choice during this armed conflict. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that... Uh, uh, of t trials we have covered where where people are like and they had a yellow sweater on right yeah yeah they obsess over what people are wearing all the time uh in these articles where there's so much more like newsworthy th stuff to talk about yeah <laughs> yeah but it, i i mean uh, uh, what uh, what what are you wearing when you podcast i mean we never talk about it, so... I'm just naked. I'm just completely yeah. butt-ass naked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We're nudists. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, after uh, Biden had been in Kiev, uh, Putin uh, held this speech. So yeah, Monday uh, is when Biden went there, Tuesday is when Putin had a speech. Yeah. And uh, Russian Prime Minister Vladimir uh, Putin declared Tuesday uh, that uh, Moscow was suspending its uh, participation in the new uh, START treaty. Uh, so that's not a good thing. Putin declared Tuesday that Moscow was suspending its participating participation in the new START treaty. The last remaining nuclear arms control pact uh, with the U.S. shortly upping the ante with amid tensions with Washington speaking with the state of the union address oh state of the nation address Putin said that Russia should stand ready to resume nuclear weapon tests if the US does so a move that would end gl a global ban on nuclear weapons tests since the cold war explaining his mm -hmm. decision to suspend the new start pact Putin accused the US and NATO allies of openly declaring the goal of Russia's defeat in Ukraine they want to inflict strategic defeat on us and try to get our nuclear facilities at the same time, he said, declaring his decision to susp suspend the treaty. The new start official name is the treaty between the United States of America and Russian Federation on measures of 
the further reduction and limitation of strategic offensive arms. Uh, yeah, I think New Start was a good choice on that one, because that is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, say that ten, ten times. Fast. Right? Poon argued that yeah. while the U.S. has pushed for the, the resumption of inspections of the Russian nuclear facilities, NATO allies had helped Ukraine mount at drone attacks on Russian air bases. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not yeah, good. No, it's not good. I saw, I saw Putin's uh, speech... Uh, because uh, it was in the middle of the day, and, uh, and they were sending it on Norwegian uh, news mm-hmm. live. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's um, what's the word I'm uh, looking for? He he has uh, like he has warmth. He his uh, propaganda comes through. Like I I I see he seems very cold for me. I mean, they're Russians he's talking to, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Right. So, I mean, that that's kind of the thing of it, is, like, you're looking at it from a whole different perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And you're probably... I, I would assume you watched it uh, with a dub or something, right? Yes. So yes. that's probably also going to change the way you perceive it. So... Uh, it says the New START Treaty was signed in 2010 by Obama and Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, uh, just days before Whoa, the treaty was due to then. expire in 2021. Russia and the United yeah. States agreed to extend it for five years, and that was only two years ago we agreed to do that. Hmm. Well, talking about amazing ideas, one of the best ideas I have heard, maybe so far, I mean... Not since Lincoln, uh, I have heard a better idea than this. Uh, Major Taylor uh, Green calls for a national rewar- uh, a divorce between liberal and conservative states. It's almost like, hmm, there was this war in America, wasn't it called uh, uh, the American Civil War or something? Something reminds me of it of that right yeah uh, <laughs> there was always a joke in beverly hillbillies where the grandma the grandmother hillbilly still thought it was the civil war and she's like ne- like because they lived in the mountains and they never got news when they come to beverly hills mm-hmm. she still thinks the civil war is happening because she, they never got the news that it ended that was like a running joke of beverly hillbillies which to be honest Taylor Green kind of reminds me of one of the Beverly Hillbillies, so. But yeah, uh, she said, we need a national divorce. We need to separate uh, by red and blue states and shrink the federal government. Every, every, <laughs> everyone I talk to, uh, talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues, sh- sh- show down our throats uh, to democratic treasures. Uh, American last politics. We are done, she said. It's yeah. obviously a ridiculous thing to say, and she she's just a person known for saying ridiculous things. <laughs> the only reason she's kind of in the zeitgeist, the, the reason people are talking about her, is because of the crazy shit, shit she says. And so she's going to keep saying crazy shit, right? Yeah. To keep herself in the news. 
Also, I have heard that uh, Trump is thinking of maybe having her as a running mate, so there's that. I also heard today that there's a lot of people thinking that Biden won't won't run now. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't I don't I don't know that Trump would choose her necessarily for a few different reasons. Like number one, the uh, the backlash it could cause in certain conservative Christian uh, voters, if you know what I'm saying, uh, as far as her, oh, yeah, yeah, even yeah. her being a woman. Right. So I don't know. I guess I could see it happening, but he, she also brings a lot of heat. And I don't know if you would want to bring that heat onto your campaign. You know what I mean? What, what do you mean? The, the lady that said <laughs> Jews had space lasers to start wildfires is con a little bit weird? Right. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yes, that's actually something she said. I, she and she's denied. She's like put out beliefs and then said, "Oh, I never said that," or was like, "I did." Oh, yeah. It was all a joke or things like that. But at the time, you can tell she was very serious. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Some F Epstein news. He emailed multiple pictures of women to J.P. Morgan Chase executive, who was supposed to be regulating the Epstein bank accounts. Um, mm -hmm. The details came out in a government lawsuit and revealed Wednesday it said among 1,200 emails exchanged between Epstein and his banker showed the pair had a close personal relationship. The convicted sex offender and the, his banker, longtime J.P. Morgan Chase executive Jess Stanley, would write each other about how they had quote-unquote fun, the lawsuit said. It also made references to Disney princess movies like Snow White and Beauty and the Beast. That's not creepy at all. Mm, the no. court documents say Stanley wrote Epstein an email in 2009, which read, I realize the danger in sending you this email, but it was great to be able today to give it to give you in New York a long, heartfelt hug. Uh, so obviously they were very close. Epstein mm -hmm. responded by sending Stanley a photo of a young woman per court documents. All photos of the women were redacted from the lawsuit, obvi obviously, because more than likely they were under underage. Beauty and the Beast, the story about uh, how a man trap a girl into the castle until she loves him. Amazing story. Despite Stanley's apparent close friendship with Epstein, J.P. Morgan Chase allowed Stanley to manage the millionaire's funds, the lawsuit alleges. In 2006, Epstein was flagged as a high-risk client due to reports he was paying underage girls for sex. Stanley was asked to discuss the allegations with Epstein, according to the lawsuit. The suit says Stanley then vouched for Epstein in 2011 in a compliance review, so he covered for him also. Of course. You know he was getting paid under the table. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, definitely. JP Alleg allegedly definitely. De allegedly <laughs> definitely, but JP Morgan Chase yeah. did not immediately respond for request for comment. So, huh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> we talked uh, very end of the show last week. If anybody made it to the Jeremy round, that there was like a, what was it? Some crappy newspaper that had predicted that there was going to be something coming out about this from the court right. case, and I think this is the thing that actually because it that. 
crappy articles like there's going to be the the black book they're going to release all the names basically and it's like just right. this one you know pretty big thing came out of it because we're talking about the guy who managed all of his bank accounts and these were bank accounts that were being used to traffic women so yeah hopefully they get a hold of him as well that's in jail i say yeah i in that thing, it doesn't really say where he is or if he's still working for J.P. Morgan Chase or what's the deal with the guy. Because they take a while mm-hmm. to even mention his name in this article. They don't like say it r- right out. They in the first bunch of paragraphs they say uh, Epstein and his banker. It's not till the f- right third paragraph, fourth paragraph where they actually mention the guy's name. So, hmm. well, we. Uh, in another digital citizen, have a long and uh, very tenuous uh, history with uh, uh, weird uh, Civil War gold stories. I mean, it sto- all started with a Nazi treasure train. If you want to go back to the beginning of the the, the show, until uh, not that long ago, we we found out. Another place where they didn't want to tell anybody what they had found inside uh, 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 bunker was it? Um, what are we talking about? I think you're talking about the exact thing where we're about to talk about. Yeah, and this is a little update on that. I was just going to. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, the quarter yes. release of a trove of government photos, videos, maps, and other documents involved in an FBI secretive... Uh, wow, it just jumped. Why did the page just jump? Okay. Uh, FBI secretive search for Civil War era gold has a treasure hunter more convinced e- uh, ever of a cover-up. Dennis Prada, mm-hmm. Prada waged a legal battle to force Arara. the FBI to turn over the records of the excavation in Dense Runs, Pennsylvania... Parada and his advisors have spent countless hours poring over newly released government records, which we covered when he actually won that. They accused the FBI yep. of distorting. Seriously, this page keeps jumping like all over the place. It doesn't up and up. It doesn't oh, want me to read this. They accused the FBI of distorting <laughs> key evidence and improperly withholding records in an apparent effort to conceal the recovery of a historic, extremely valuable gold cache. The FBI defends its handling of the materials. The dispute with Prada and the uh, Parada and the FBI is playing out in federal court, where a judge is overseeing the case. Must decide whether the FBI will have to release its operational plan for the gold dig and other records it wants to keep secret. The judge could also order the FBI to keep looking for additional materials to turn over to the treasure hunter. Uh, yeah. Parada said the truth we... will soon come out. Yeah, we started to talk about this in 2018 uh, because that's when, 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 when he found this uh, that he thought maybe was. We've talked uh, about it originally when he was when they first had done a ground scan and found something that yeah. looked like it could have been gold because there was a history that gold had been lost in this yeah. area, and then that's when the FBI came in. Um, it says here there's little evidence of a historical record to suggest the army detachment lost a gold shipment in Pennsylvania, but the legend has inspired generations of treasure hunters. 
Parada and his son spent years looking for the fabled gold at Dents Run, eventually guiding the FBI to the remote woodland site, 135 yep. miles northeast of Pittsburgh. The FBI brought a f- geophysical consulting firm with sensitive uh, equipment to, to detect seven, uh, which detected seven to ten to nine tons of ton mass, uh, which could have been gold, I guess. Um, yeah. Parada said he will uh, keep uh, asking questions until they get the satisfaction answer. I'll stick uh, uh, at this until I know everything that happened to the, uh, that gold. How much? Where it went to? Who has it? I got to know. <laughs> yeah, He's such a hero. It says Parada has focused on a handful of FBI photos that and accompanying photo log that have them questioning the FBI's official gold dig timeline. For example, the mm-hmm. FBI images that was supposed to have been taken about an hour after the squall does not show any snow on a large moss-colored co- right. covered boulder on the site. The same boulder is snow-covered in an FBI f- photo indicating that was taken the next morning. The ac- they accused the FBI of altering these sequences of events. Um, not only that, it says here... There are other seeming anomalies in the records. The FBI turned over hundreds of photos, but rendered them low resolution and then in black and white, making it almost impossible <laughs> to tell the time of day, where they were taken, and even in some cl- cases what the pictures show. The agency You're did right. not pride, provide any video of the second day of the dig. The consulting firm hired the FBI to assess the possible gold-producing report and findings, but the version given to the treasure hunters is missing pages. The FBI did not provide any of its agents' travel expenses or invoices, which could further shed light on where they were and what they were doing, obviously, because it would show if they left and came back or did, you know what I'm saying? One of the biggest things yeah. that we covered back then when, when people started questioning it is one of the things that was pictured by local residents is that there were armed cars leaving the area yeah. after. Yeah. <laughs> why would they need armed cars uh, to to take out things of from this if they Many didn't, armed cars if they well, didn't yeah. have something valuable, right? Well, uh, we're going to uh, leave uh, the news uh, segment with a little sober note from Tron uh, uh, because he is going to tell the truth of allies. Motives do not matter. Hello, Mrs. Tron with Tron tells the truth. Does motives matter? Is one question I've been asked recently about the war in Ukraine. What is the motive for helping Ukraine? Of course, many of us will help Ukraine because we believe that Russia is the oppressor, that they will destroy Ukraine like they want to destroy many other countries. But what is the motive? I had a debate with a personal peace activist, she calls herself lately, and she always talked about, yeah, but what about the other countries have done? What about does Israel is doing? What about America is doing? And so on and so on and so on. Let's be clear on one thing. I don't know what every country whose allies against Russia motto are, and I don't really give a fuck. Why? Because we don't have the luxury always to get the perfect people to work with us. During the war, we did a lot of strange alliances. We work with Stalin. Stalin was no fucking peacekeeper. He won't also take a lot of other countries, and he also did. 
he killed millions and millions of people. Just ask what the Eastern European countries think about Stalin and his authorism in those countries. And this goes on and go on and go on. It's like the question here in Norway was asked, why are you allied to the United States? They do this and do that. Yeah, like historically, Britain, France, Germany, and every country else we had to ally with ourselves with in one time or another also have done. Motives can be are strange, and they don't often have to be the same. But sometimes you just have to work with what you got, not what you wish you got. Shall we let Ukraine die just because the motives of some of our allies is not good? NATO is not an alliance full of perfect countries. Turkey is a shit country. They're bombing Tur Kurds and so on and so on. But, again, we are like Turkish soldiers to come and defend us if we needed to? Yeah, I probably would. You can always talk about luxury, but a philosophy and so on. But to come to bad situation, you often have to rely on bad people. What happened after the World War? Did every to did every people who committed crimes punished? No, they did not. Why? Well, I'm gonna tell you. A lot of scientists who build rockets for the Germans went to work with good paid jobs in United States. Some of them in Russia too. A lot of criminals who done shit and terrible things, they were kept in this position just because we needed them, because the alternative was not that good either. Yeah, it was it right or wrong, I don't know. But sometimes we do things is necessary. But so we don't always have the luxury to ask ourselves what the motivation is. I know that Norway is not the most important country in the world. But we not we have not had the luxury like the United States to stand alone. So we don't also cannot ask the question is all United States motivations to helping us or is that good? I don't know what it is. I don't give a fuck what it is. I just don't want my country to be a part of the Russian Federation. This was drawn with Tron Tells the Truth. That was uh, Tron telling the truth. Thank you as always Tron. Uh, really good. Tron Tells the Truth this week. Thank you Tron. TV. TV, yeah, let's start. Uh, I have seen uh, the company you keep. Let's start with that. I saw, shite. I saw the show. Uh, it is an ABC drama that should tell you everything you need to know. I would say it's a yeah, drama it action crime. Uh, heist type show it's got it's sure. trying to be a lot of things at once right it's it's trying to be a lot of things and not succeeding in anything if you ask me uh but yeah uh, it follows this con man uh, called charlie and an undercover cia officer called emma and of course they uh make love uh, and uh, they don't know each other really well, so... Well, they specifically don't know one is an 
a CIA agent and one is a criminal, right? Right. Which is yes. at one point they kind of joke, "Oh, I'm let's say something real about each other," and he's like, "I'm a criminal," and she's like, "I'm a CIA agent," and they're like joking, but it's actually real. I kind of like. <laughs> I actually kind of like that dynamic of the show, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> but Charlie has a problem with uh, his uh, business. Uh, and, uh, Emma is, uh, uh working, uh, on a criminal that, uh, kind of has, uh, Charlie's family in, uh, in a, what should I say, uh, f forcing hand. Well, his, I guess you should say Charlie's family is his, like, crime group it, like him his family right. work together to like do heists and they do this mm -hmm. heist at the beginning of the episode that group of people comes back because they find out who did the heist on them but right. at the same time emma is tracking that group of people and trying to take them out right, right. Um, which is like a gang of fentanyl dealers that's what i was to understand right and so it kind of all is like a triangle of of uh, not a love triangle, but a, almost a one part of his his triangle. love triangle, and then <laughs> one part of his hate triangle side, and then the other yeah. part is uh, her and Emma don't really know which side of the of the coin they're on, uh, but over time, over the course of the episodes, I assume they're going to find out more and more about each other. So it's a love story. It's a crime drama. It's a procedural drama. It's a heist type show. I thought the main actor uh, was good. I thought the main actress was good. A lot of the side characters, obviously, the acting's not amazing. It's a very ABC standard production value uh, network TV show, right? It's very, 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 very procedural. I like a lot I... of the actors, though. The dad in in this, oh, yeah. I like. Uh, I oh, William. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many good people in it, and I do like the storyline elements. To be honest, it's something that I could keep watching. Mm -hmm. I think. I think it was going to okay. get bad really fast, but I think I could keep watching it. Well, I'm going to give it a four. What did I give it? I gave it a six point five. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. I I thought it was decent. I maybe I went in with low expectations or whatever because I by the name of it the company you keep and it being on ABC I thought it was going to be a family drama uh you know the company you keep your family uh, and I went into right. it and got this exciting crime thing with a guy from was he in Heroes or what was this guy in I want to say he was one of the guys from Heroes maybe yeah your turn Community Squad on Netflix Mm-hmm. Do you see this? I did. It's a Argentinian show, believe it or not. It's about mm -hmm. a group of... Uh, it's a, a city where the police get in trouble for... Uh, what's the word for it? Targeting specific groups of people. So they have this civilian squad, a community squad, hence the name, of people who they find the most diverse people they can in the community, and they have them do, like, unarmed patrol. Is that the best way to put it? Yes. And then they run into, like, a drug-dealing uh, 
gang on accident, and of course, they don't have any weapons or anything, but they have to win out with their brains and wit. I guess that would be the best kind of thing. Yeah. It's alright. It's kind of funny. It's very, you know, it's a comedy. I thought the main it's, actor was kind of funny. It's it's okay. It's got some pretty obvious jokes, like he's hitting on the girl, a guy stands up, and then you realize, oh, she's in a wheelchair, and he's like, oh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's like those kind of weird, obvious, um, kind of old school jokes, maybe is a good word for it. It was fine, though. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was totally okay. I laughed uh, sometimes. It's it's not the best comedy show I've seen this week. No, but uh, yeah, no, I it's 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 okay. Uh, I gave it a five actually. That's what I gave it. It's so um, right in yeah. the middle show. Like it's totally worth watching. But if you yeah. don't watch it, you're not really missing anything. Missing either. out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, talking about good comedy shows I've seen this week, Romantic Getaway. Jesus Christ, I have to recommend this to you if you've not seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is uh, with Romesh uh, Reggaet... Uh, Reggaet... I have so such a problem with his last name. Okay. Romesh Reggaetetan. Uh, you would know him if you saw him. Sure. And Catherine Ketrit Ryan. Uh, so, uh, they play Alison and Deacon that are desperate to have a baby and they need money to f uh, found their treatment. So they decide to borrow, uh, 50,000, uh, pounds, uh, but, uh, uh, when he does it, uh, when they steal this money, uh, Romesh Regadeden, he puts an extra zero uh, to the transfer, so it's not 50,000, it's 500,000. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, and then trying to get away with this money uh, with having people chasing them. Right. It's very, very funny, very, very British. Uh, Johnny Vegas is also in it. Uh, the ending is very, very funny. I I saw the whole show and I laughed all through it. Uh, it's uh, uh, six episodes. Uh, really, really British. Really, really funny. I recommend it. I would probably actually give it an eight. Oh, okay. That uh, sounds yeah. interesting enough, I guess. Is it BBC yeah. or... I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Another... BBC show, Red Rose. This came out on BBC Three. We I think we said August, right? Is when we found out it actually came right. out in in the UK. Yes. Here it came out on Netflix in America and probably also Norway just recently. Uh it's about what is it about? It's about an app, I guess. This <laughs> this girl she's having a hard time with her family, she's having a hard time with kids at school, like some specific bully girls, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the classic bullying scenario, but she's got a group of friends that they've all got her back. Um, yeah. They're kind of a ragtag group of people, right? Uh, as far as, like, they're all kind of stoners, and they go partying all the time. She mm -hmm. downloads this app to try to... It, it's kind of... I think she thinks it's like a f soothsaying app or like a, you know, fortune-telling app or something. 
Right. It it because it's in the, in the beginning it's like like oh uh, put down the tre- uh, three wishes you have. Right. Uh, on a mirror and take a picture of it and things like that, and it has uh, supernatural elements of it. I would say. Yeah, so I guess over the course of the few episodes, it really doesn't take long to get into it. Stuff starts to go no. wrong because she's making decisions Very on this wrong. app. And yes. it's, you know, the wishes become kind of monkey paw wishes, as they call them, where it's like, yes, it's not, it's a wish, but it, the, the wish giver turns it around back on you uh, in some way. Mm. That's really what the whole base, basis of it is. I thought the acting was good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of child... Chi- I wouldn't say even child actors, because they're, you know, older... Youth actors. Yeah, teen actors, I guess, yeah. Yes. It is kind of a yaw show, uh, yeah, definitely. It, it is yaw, but it didn't feel yaw. Um, me and Luke saw the two first episodes together. I saw t- two more episodes after that. Uh, and then I saw the last one. Uh... I just saw one more episode uh, that night, and yeah, I, sh- I could go watch the last episode. It's one of those shows yeah. where you kind of know where it's going, in the sense that yes. it's a horror show that's based around a phone app, which you've seen a, a lot of yes. movies like that, but how many TV shows have we seen about Not that? Not really many. Not, yeah. yeah, so, but you do have, a, if you've seen any of the other movies that are based on around this kind of concept, you know where it's going. Mm. So, I don't know, I gave it a, let's see... Uh, oh, I didn't give it a score. I guess I'll give it a a six. I would give it a six as well. It's perfectly fine. I can uh, see why uh, they brought they yeah. bought Netflix bought it because it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely worth watching. Animal control, I guess, is the next thing I am. That's to the last thing I saw. So yeah. Oh, then I will talk about something else instead. Uh, then I will talk about The Last King of the Cross. Uh, because that's a show that I watched two episodes of. I'm trying to remember what it was all, all about. <laughs> I'm guessing that's, there was a that's... king of some type? <laughs> it's really, really Possibly bad. some kind of uh, religion happening, because there's cross no, and no? No, <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's an uh, Australian... Uh, Paramount Plus show uh, that I saw two episodes of, and it it reminds me of like it's a like it's a mafia thing. Uh, it's it reminded me of of uh, what what did I tell you? It reminded you me of Godfather of Harlem. Oh, I was yes. like I yeah. I do not remember at all, but yeah yeah I do right. yeah sure. Uh, and it's kind of like that kind of show where. Uh, some people are very good. Some people are very bad. Eli Roth is in it. Uh, he's probably the most famous person uh, in it. Uh, it's not any good at all. Uh, mostly because I don't remember anything that was going on in this fucking show. So, yeah, no, I will give it a 2.5. I spent the last few days just getting caught up on Watchful Eye and uh, what's the other show I've been watching? Uh, Poker Face, which I was like, there's already seven episodes of Poker Face out. How did that happen? Yeah, it's, it is so good. They're putting, lim- it's 
maybe I just missed a whole bunch, but uh, I'm almost caught up on that, and I've seen all of Watchful Eye, because there's only five episodes of that out. That's also really, really good. I think I'm more... Yeah. I think I like Watchful Eye more than I like Poker Face, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think the maybe the... There's a, there are supernatural elements to that show also, so I think it adds oh, a little, definitely. little more, a little something extra where they both are kind. Con- I I put them in kind of a similar you know genre type, except for that well, sci-fi bit. Do you know what I've been? <laughs> I I've 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 been keeping up of the new new Magnum PI. I haven't seen season three. Yeah, the brand new so. season's out. They just yeah. yeah they, I keep getting commercials for it so. Um, so I've watched the yeah, first I, season and a half or maybe two seasons and I yeah. I didn't watch after that. It's okay. I I always thought it was good. It's something I could go back and watch and I think I'd enjoy it. I think yeah. the the guy the main actor that they picked and then the uh, Higgins character they're all really interesting right. and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk animal control. Uh, Joel McHale show on Fox. It's about mm-hmm. to people who are in animal control. Really, I guess the main character is Shred. They call him right. He's kind mm-hmm. of the main character because he's like the focal point of the rest of the stories around him. Because we have yeah, my, him and Michael Roland. Him being yeah. Joel McHale's partner is like one storyline in here. But then mm-hmm. there's also kind of a love storyline where he's got a girlfriend, but the one boss clearly is into him right so i think he's kind of the focal point of the whole show Mm, but he he's a new he's brand new to animal control because he hurt himself snowboarding and it's a very interesting group of people uh joel McHale kind of plays the same character he plays in a lot of his the shows he's been in i would think like he's very similar to his his community character where he's manipulative he thinks he thinks he's the hottest guy uh, out of everybody in any room. Right. Um, yeah, all those kind of community traits. Which it still works in the show. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. Uh, what'd you think? I am so surprised I like this. I, I, I have to say that uh, I am not a huge, uh, like, uh Com- like comedy shows like this, American sitcoms, I don't especially like them. So I I kind of ha- had your feeling when you went into the company you keep, maybe? I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to hate this. Right, okay. And actually really, really, really loved it. I, I, I think I... L- I, I haven't laughed that much in quite a while. I I d- did not think it was going to be this f- funny. Uh, f- first and foremost, because it's like like you said, it's a it's a comedy on Fox. Like when is the last time I I liked a comedy on Fox? Well, one that wasn't uh, animated, I guess, because there are good animated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I I I I. Uh, ended up giving this a, a 7.5 look. That's that's exactly what I gave it. We're like on, on the ball with scores this week. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really liked it. I guess except for the company you keep, we kind of agreed on everything. But right. yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I, 
I wanted more, obviously. Um, oh, me too. It was a short yeah, episode, and we only got one of them, so uh, yeah. looking forward to more. I, I don't know. I, oh, I yeah, saw, that's the I one thing that, that was... Re- having uh, the guy from Mr. D, which was a Canadian show that you hated yes. that show. You hated I Mr. D. hated that show. Uh, yes. And I really like, but it's good to see Gary D back in another sitcom. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like he's the bad guy, which he always is really good at playing like the jerk asshole. Yes. So that adds is, to this yeah. whole thing for me. Definitely. And I, it's, yeah, it just it's really, really funny. Really, really. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go out and see it. That's what we. Yeah, if we you liked Community see. or you liked um, what's. Uh, Parks and Rec, that kind of yes. show. It's similar yeah. to those kind of television shows. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but we have also saw the last episode of that '90s show, or the mid mid episode, right? Yeah, episode yes. five, step by step. Ozzy's efforts to set up Kitty's new computer puts Leah in an awkward position. An ad for a free jacuzzi <laughs> lands Nate and Jay in hot water. Yeah, let's talk about the jacuzzi storyline first, because did <laughs> yes. I, we think, nope. I, I don't yeah. see, we, like, we were like, it, there was no end, yeah. like, we got to the end, and we're like, there's no ending to the jacuzzi <laughs> storyline, they just are left in that jacuzzi, at like, at the end, they never get out, they never buy the jacuzzi, they never don't buy the you know what I'm saying, it was weird. It's so weird, and, and. And that storyline had absolutely no ending, and and it was kind of weird. I think it was supposed to be in the same vein as, like, why we have Milf Island. uh, Right. Or Milf Manor, I mean. No, Milf Island was the 30 Rock knockoff. Um, Yes. No, yeah. It's like this was the Milf scene for the show. It was very weird. Uh, But I I think the computer scene was immensely cute. Uh, uh, very, very, very funny about the sex education thing. It was very, very funny. Yeah, uh, and this is the storyline. Yeah. We well, we kind of had three storylines. We had the hot tub one, which really didn't go anywhere. We have the computer storyline, which um is the parent storyline, and then the the main character Leia's storyline was that she was helping. What's the the young Asian kid, whatever his name is. Right. She's helping him come out to her grandmother because he's got this whole plan to eventually come out as gay to his parents, but he hasn't done that yet. Mm. And so uh, she tries to get help from the grandmother, but it comes off as though she's going to have sex for the first time. Yeah. Um, So that whole storyline is kind of intertwined uh, with the computer storyline because mm-hmm. he's helping the grandmother with the computer. And then, of course, we got the dial-up sound. That was funny. But I, I wanted them to have the AOL disc that they had to put in. <laughs> right. And, like, uh, it would have been funny at the end of the episode. They're like, "What? Well, we can't get on anymore. We have to buy minutes or whatever it was you had to do with AOL. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, very, very, very funny. I uh, like this episode. I give it a six. Point five. I'll give it a seven. I thought it. Yeah. It hit a few nostalgia bits for me. I, they had the uh, Green Day T-shirt. That was pretty good. Oh yeah. 
But yeah, no, I'm 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 having fun covering it. It's so so easy to cover as well. And just to be able to reference things that like we kind of grew up around, and yeah. to be able yeah. to go, oh, they got this right, they got that wrong, you know, which yes. it's it's not to be taken seriously. It's that '90s show, so. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's talk some TV news, or actually internet news, because... Well, YouTube, YouTube has CEO... YouTube TV, right? So, this TV That's news. true. Yeah. Uh, YouTube CEO Susan... Yep. Yes, that's her last name. She's going to step down. Susan is going down. YouTube's chief executive and one of the first ever Google employees, Susan Wojcicki, is stepping down from her role at a at the tech giant that started in a, her garage nearly 25 years ago. She will yeah. re- be replaced by Neil Mohan, a senior advisor, oh, senior advertising and product executive who joined in 2008. The change of guard comes as YouTube's advertising revenue fell for the second straight quarter amid intense competition for viewing time with such services as TikTok and Facebook Reels. I don't... Well, actually, I know that people make a lot of money on Facebook. Right. I don't even know what Facebook Reels is. Well, there's Instagram Reels. I know what that is, and I assume it's just the same thing because they're they're owned by the same company. (laughs) Facebook Reels. It's, it's just their version of TikTok. It's it's YouTube Shorts ah. except on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everything is TikTok now. Like even social media, so social media influencer fro that is not on any social media. App. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a different perspective. Uh... <laughs> Definitely. Uh, funny enough, we will talk about uh, 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 Facebook a little bit later. Uh, but uh, is, Supreme Court, hmm? sorry, yes, yeah. This story we're about to cover is some people are speculating this is one of the reasons she stepped down. But continue, because uh, Supreme Court is skeptical of limiting powerful legal shield for internet companies. What is this all about? At the center of the case known as Gonzalez versus Google is Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996, which protects internet companies from liability over content posted by third parties and allows platforms to remove, remove object, objectionable content. The legal battle, battle marks the first time the court is considering the scope of the law, and the question before the justice justices is whether section 230 immunizes platforms like youtube facebook and twitter when they make targeted recommendations for information to users so the question the thing that 230 protects against specifically is that if somebody puts something on a platform like youtube or facebook if you write a post on facebook that uh breaks the law uh Facebook is not liable for that because they didn't post it. But now mm. what they're saying is if it if they're promote if the algorithm that these companies create is promoting that, then it is considered um them publishing it. Does that make sense? Because the algorithm yes. is promoting it and that's their algorithm. But Nobody technically at the company did it, it, but the company itself did it because of the algorithm. So it's kind of confusing. 
I'm not a huge fan of the idea of being able to sue a company, an internet company, for what somebody else puts on their service. No, no. It seems like that's either. ripe for abuse, yeah. right? Yep, absolutely. But at the same it's, time, it's, some of these companies have gotten so powerful. I mean, uh, what's highlighted in this is that a woman in one of the cases, because there's two main cases involved here, uh, became radicalized by ISIS uh, by YouTube uh, and then mm. was killed. So that, you know, that's something, you know, kind of deeper to talk about as, as far as, like, people getting radicalized on the Internet. Uh, mm. But 230 ends up being involved in this whole thing, which could change, like, literally the landscape of the entire Internet, so... Hey, look, do you want a fresh take on a zombie series? A fresh take on a zombie series? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am reading um, a, a series called Dead Meat. Uh, and it's like, uh, it follows the outbreak of, of a zombie apocalypse one day at a time. Uh, okay. and it's, it's really, really good. It is, uh, very great character development, very good mystery, very good storyline. There's like no, uh, rape scenes, no <laughs> sex slave, very minor cursing, and it's kind of very surprisingly a little like weaponary to be a zombie series. Uh, and that book is 38 hours and 9 minutes, and uh, it's called Dead Meat, the complete zombie apocalypse series. And you can get it for free uh, if you go to Audible Trial dot com slash adc that's audible audible trial dot com slash adc you can get one free credit you can use it on this book called dead meat by nick clausen and uh, you can uh, if you want to cancel uh, audible something you probably will not do uh, you get to keep this 38 hour book that i very, very much recommend. Eurovision. Let's do Romania. Uh, if we're, we're going to do this in order, so let's do Romania first. Mm -hmm. DGT. Is it often is off yeah. and on part of the title? DGT yeah. off and on. With uh, Theodore Andre for Romania. Yeah. What did you think about this uh, song? It was a little poppy. Uh, the choreography was very cheesy. He had like a make love not war uh, thing under his shirt. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. I so did. he was definitely making an anti-war statement, which was interesting. The uh, dancers, uh, it, it also kind of <laughs> didn't make sense with the dancers. That no. was the thing that kind of was like so weird about it. I, I was like... Why are these two very uh, undressed women on, on stage? Well, they were the backup dancers. I got that. But they just didn't go with the theme of the yeah, the rest of the song, yeah. right? Yeah. It didn't fit in. 
But I, I will say this, it's not a bad song at all. It's not terrible. It's the it's the no. choreo it's the stage performance that's weird. The stage performance is terrible, but the song itself is is good. I think I think they probably will go through. Here's it's, my question. Kind of, yeah. Like they have a little platform he does like some like they walk up and they go down. There's like a three-step platform, right? Mm. Like when they go to the actual Eurovision, do they have to use their own props, or does Eurovision like make bigger, better stuff for them? Yes, uh, Eurovision. Well, they they kind of have to make it themselves, but it's but usually it's, they'll it's improve kind of, it from the right, right. So I think it could be improved. The stage performance could improve from this, if that makes sense. Because let's say that state that staircase and stuff was like more grandiose and like. Had a little. I think that added to why it was so weird looking. It's just like they're doing this thing on three little step stool things, like they're doing some kind of aerobics workout or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, 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 I rarely say this at Eurovision, but we don't need the dancers here. We really don't need the dancers. They I, just didn't fit. I, yeah, I don't think any of it fit with the lyrics with his performance or anything. So it kind of was a distraction. So that's probably why it's going to get a low score from me. I I, I will give it a six though, because it's still a good song. I especially liked uh, the a a English lyrics when when he sings in Romanian. I have no clue what he's talking about, but, but other than that, it's... It blends it's pretty well to the point where I'm hearing the Romanian, then all of a sudden it's English, and then when it goes back to right. Romanian, I'm have I'm my brain is trying to hear English words again, and right. and then I'm have to like switch back when he goes back, which is either good or bad, but it still flows like the song flows really well lyrically. So mm -hmm. I gave it a four point five though. I have a feeling the backup dancers are just like their girlfriends or something. Maybe yeah. Well, let's talk about really uh, breaking my heart from uh, the Danish country of Denmark. Or as I like to call it, the TikTok entry uh, so far in this. <laughs> this is such a thing. He's I've... a huge TikTok, TikTok star. Oh, is he? I couldn't tell. Yes. From the hair yeah, and you, the jacket you... and the chain. You could not tell he's a huge TikTok star look. He just, it's, the whole thing exudes TikTok behavior. But not like the interesting but, side of TikTok, like the really crappy Charlie yes. D'Amelio side of TikTok, yeah. It's, it's, I really like this song. I think my main problem is actually, uh, uh, like... Uh, the w verses are amazing, but the, the middle uh, with his like voice uh, being so distorted is what's destroying this song. Other than that, his voice is amazing. Other than that, <laughs> the whole the whole time they're using auto tune on this kid, they were they were yeah. like, "We're gonna produce a song. How much do we need to auto tune him?" And they're like, "Do we have two auto tunes?" Can we put double? 
Can we? How many? How many programs of auto tune can we put on this child? I mean, there's like a point where it it gets like roboty, and that's like on purpose to make it sound cool and like interesting. Right. But that's but also being used to like cover up when they're using auto tune yeah. the rest of the time. Um, will it be that way? Are they allowed to do that in the actual contest? I don't know. So this has been a topic of interest in 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 Eurovision rounds because they are not really ra- allowed to put. Uh, special effects on his voice, but if it is, uh, they are allowed to have uh, backup track recorded b- back t- uh, backtrack. So as long as as that distortion is on the backtrack, they are allowed to do it. But it, yeah, no, I I I will say this: if Denmark qual- qualifies for the final, I will be so fucking shocked. Really? Because it's. Oh, yeah. You said he's a TikTok star. In Denmark? Yeah, but he's like, look at... look at. No, but he looks like a TikTok star. Like, if people see the song, they're gonna... And they like TikTok, and they're like a TikTok... They like TikTok e-boys. They're gonna see this and go, I'm gonna vote for that kid. But who's who's TikTok? Has a big TikTok interest and also Eurovision interests. I would. I bet you there's a lot of crossover between uh, Eurovision yeah. and like specifically dance TikTok. I bet you anything there is a huge crossover, especially with well, girl. You know, fourteen to nineteen year old girls who like this kind of stuff. I bet mm. you anything this kid gets to top three in the actual Eurovision fro. That's what I'm that's what wow. I was gonna say. Wow, okay. I mean Well TikTok is crazy right now, so You were wrong about Germany last year. That's all I'm going to say. Alright. Uh, <laughs> but I give this a three. I also gave it a three, so but uh, then we will talk about the winners of Eurovision. Uh, Croatia. Uh, this one I have a hard time guessing whether it will or will not make it in. <laughs> I, I really don't know either. Because I, 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 w- I... I would have said last year that the <laughs> the one song about healthcare would have never made it to your vision, and it like did really really right. well. So yes. Um. But will fork cross 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 dressing Adolf Hitler's make it into your vision? Yeah, I. It's called what is this called? I guess you. Let three with Mama Chi, Mama Chi. Right. So, it's it's a all in. Whatever Romanian, what, what Croatian? Yes. Croatian, Croatian. Um, but we looked up the translations, and it's definitely an anti-war song. There's a whole part in it where they bring out these giant missiles and. Uh, they must say something about, you know, I, I don't know what they say on the side, but I would like to know if any if we could right. find that out um, in some way. But the lyrics are definitely they're talking about uh, psychopaths and him going to war, even though he was he just bought a tractor and he wanted to stay home. And now there's an Armageddon. It says Armageddon Nona. Nona is like grandmother. Right. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and then all of a sudden they yell tractor in the middle of it. But it's really talking about how uh, 
some people just want to stay home and then they get sent off to war and how how but also it's musical, bad for families I guess, I guess right but musically can we talk about it just purely musically it is nonsense I, I don't know it's nonsense it is right uh yeah but it's also in an artsy way it's kind of 80s got an 80s vibes of like that experimental pre-techno era like kind of boy george right. era like pre um under like the that german influence of like uh craft works and stuff where right they didn't really think... know what they were doing with these electronic instruments yet and so they just kind of like craft works is just this crazy amalgamation of sound right. almost in a jazz kind of uh what is it called interpretive jazz type thing my dad said this is frank zappa if frank zappa was alive it today. does feel frank zappa-esque you're totally yeah. right even with the costumes and, and everything i i i have to say this this is my favorite of this year so far i really really dig this it is so outside the box of everything it's 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 either uh, like you said it's either going to bomb <laughs> see what it is right what yeah, yeah because it's about war yes or it's going to be really 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 successful I, if it does make it i think it'll do well in the in the public vote but do badly yes in in the what do you call it with the countries. The jury. The jury vote. In the juries. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to remember the semifinals is without juries this year. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, well, then it could do really well, right? Because I think it's going to yeah. get votes from people who are like, oh, that's hilarious. I, I I find it hilarious. It is. It's, it is hilarious. And it's, like yes. you said, it's avant-garde it's experimental yes. it's different it stands out which when you have a giant field of songs standing out is sometimes the most important thing i i uh, look i'm 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 not backing down from this but i'm going to give this a nine out of ten really oh, loved it. i don't know about that I, I would give it a six i really loved it I, it it did well, kind of feel like something that uh, you would see at a anti-war uh, talent show, like protest or something. Yeah, right. Well, BBC has unveiled the four hosts that uh, will be in charge of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, going through this very, very fast, but Graham Norton will be the main host mm -hmm. for the grand final. Not a huge surprise uh, by that. He has been uh, the voice of Eurovision for BBC for the last uh, seven, eight years. He's the only one of so, these I've ever heard of also. so Right. But it says he's uh, only going to be in the final. He's not going to be in the rest of it. Where the other right. three are going to be in all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julia Sanina is a celebrity in her homeland, Ukraine. That's probably because we don't know her. Uh, Hannah Whittingham, I know. Uh, be because she's the villain 
in in uh, in uh, sex education and uh, also uh, she's she's been in in uh, that Apple TV Plus comedy show that we don't watch about football. Right. These are shows that I've never seen, but when I right. first saw I was like, "Oh my gosh, Pink is Oh, no, that's not Pink." <laughs> but uh and the last one is Alicia Dixon. Alicia Dixon is super known in in the UK. Okay. Yeah, uh, she's she's maybe known uh, most for uh Britain and Scott Talent Toast. Okay. Oh, oh host it, hosting good... it? Okay. Oh yeah. I don't watch those shows either. Uh, judge, judge, judge. Isn't that the same? Oh, I guess yeah. They do have a host and a judge, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but she's a judge. But yeah, she's su- super famous in the UK. So I think this is a good team, and it's also a mix between. Uh, I'm a little surprised that there wasn't like two from Ukraine and two from the UK, but uh, I guess this is okay. Um, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Movies, I only saw one movie, I'm not sure about you. Oh, okay, because then I have a lot to talk about, Luke, because I have seen a lot of movies this week. Okay, what did you see? I saw, let's start with Sharper, uh, with Julianne Moore, um, uh, for example. She's uh, amazing in this movie. Uh, it also uh, has uh, other people that you would recognize. Sebastian Stan and uh, John Litkow is also in it. Uh, it's uh, everybody uh, tricks everybody movie. It's a little like uh, you think this is going on. Aha! It's not really this that's going on. It's really this that's going on. Uh, with a lot of money and uh, it's about con artists and I'm a little bit sad that this is on Apple TV Plus because Luke will never watch it Mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, Sometimes eventually they get off of there but it hasn't happened very often yet because the service hasn't been around very long. (laughs) So, uh, but I will give this a 9 actually, Luke. Uh, I think this is uh, one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, then I wanted to cry, so I saw the whale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, holy moly baloney, uh, Brandon Fraser uh, deserves an Oscar for this. I don't think the movie itself is very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to be very remember for being very somber and also very emotional but uh, it's mostly about this story about a man uh, being super overweight and coming in terms with that and also having a daughter that he has no 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 really good relationship with right and kind of being being sad and sick Uh, I cried Uh, it made me cry uh uh it's uh very very manipulative in that way uh but i guess i will give the movie itself ooh this is hard uh 7 
All right. Uh, then saw then I saw Empire of Light. Uh, boring, 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 boring shit movie. Uh, I actually had to see it uh, in two sittings. I usually don't do that if I don't really, really want to, uh, because it's like it's hard to remember. But it's it has Olivia Colman in it, uh, and she's struggling with her mental health, and uh, her new employee is coming to town, and it's about cinema and uh, holy moly, they love talking about cinema uh, and it's extremely Oscar baby it is maybe the most Oscar baby movie I've seen this year I will give it a four uh, do not recommend it then I have one other movie that I saw okay uh, I saw Triangle of Sadness this came out what in November I think something like that yeah, yeah it's about mm-hmm. it's about a group of people who get invited on a yacht uh, for a lavish, what, weekend uh, of, like, food, and there's a bunch of rich people hanging out, but it's a story more about the interactions between the deck hands, the crew, I guess, and mm-hmm. the captain, even, who is a, in, who's played by Woody Harrelson, and the, and the guests... And it becomes just a crazy... Uh, once a storm starts to hit, everything goes crazy. Um, it actually reminded me of that final scene from The Magic Christian. Remember that movie? Yes. With, uh, yes. Jeez, it had Love Ringo Starr in it, and then somebody else really, really famous that I can't remember. Um and there's a scene in that where everything gets crazy on this boat, and it, there's like a voice mm-hmm. like speaking over this megaphone the whole time while the, everything's going crazy, and that's exactly the, what happens in this one scene in this, which is the notorious puke scene that everybody talks about. I didn't think it was that bad. Maybe I'm desensitized because I grew up on uh, Rotten.com and things. <laughs> you know what I mean on the <laughs> internet. So uh, maybe I'm just completely desensitized to these kind of things, but it wasn't that bad to me. Um, and then, you know, it's set in three parts. It's very artsy. The whole thing is really an allegory of like the rich and the uh, rich versus the poor dynamic of, you know, capitalism and things like that. Can you see that I like this because of the menu? This is the uh, then this is uh, oh the menu right the menu I, I thought you meant the menu has... that they serve them in the in the no, movie no. no you're talking about the movie the menu yeah this right. uh, and the movie the menu has a lot in common I mean uh, allegorically they do yeah yes yes mm-hmm. and even like this is similar in the way that like a bunch of rich people get invited to this you know place to have dinner and like debauchery to a degree. Uh, mm. And everything goes to shit. Yeah, I can see the similarities. Yeah, I, I really, this one is going for shock value for sure, and I think it mm. achieves it. And it's a little avant garde. Oh yeah. Uh, I give it an eight point five. Yeah, I really liked it. I kind of felt like I... you didn't need a whole lot of the last third of it. Like it felt a little stretched right. out. Like they could have kind of compacted that, and it made the movie maybe two hours, but. They wanted that uh, tension to build to the finale, so... Yeah. 
Well, the last movie I saw was a small independent movie that you never heard of. Knock on, knock at the cabin. Have you heard about this? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's an M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, Shyamalan movie. Uh, this is the best M Night Shyamalan movie since Unbreakable, maybe. Uh, That's good because he was on a down. Downward spiral there for a minute. He really, really, really was. But this is maybe uh, his. Uh, I think this is his third best movie. Uh, I really, really dig this movie. I think Dave Batista in this movie is flabbergastingly good. I didn't know Dave Bautista had these acting skills in him. In him. Uh, I, think, I think I said that yeah. to you when we watched Glass Onion. I was like, did we ever think when we were watching WWE in like 2010, Bautista would be the best actor to come out of it? When we have like John Zena <laughs> right. and yeah. The Rock and all these other people? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have to say the child acting in this is even good. Uh, uh, Jonathan Goff and Ben Alkic as, as the gay couple that have, has adopted this kid is amazing. It uh, The suspense is there. Uh, and it has a very good ending. I think M. Night really, really... Uh, did as good as he can uh, in this movie. And it's going to get uh, ooh, 8 for me, actually. Yeah, I really, really recommend this movie. Yeah, it's I had a uh, fun, fun time with us. I'm already on my list of things to see whenever I get a chance to, yeah. <coughs> okay, Baldwin shooting case uh, update. Five year sh- Firearms enhancement dropped. So the thing we talked about last week uh, that they were mm-hmm. appealing the prosecution in the case of the fatal New Mexico film shooting made a stark turnaround Monday, dropping the possibility of a mandatory five-year sentence against Alec Baldwin. The actor's attorneys had earlier objected to the enhancement. That doesn't mean he's not going to be convicted. It just means that that specific... Uh, blah, 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 Enhancement is not added to the charges, right? Right, and it's pretty. Uh, it's one of the biggest. So uh, I think this is a bad sign in in one way because it's kind of like uh, it was the thing that w- would have kept him in in jail or or biggest sentence. So it's just here good. Yeah. The remaining alternative standard and set of penalties in the case now requires proof of proof of negligence, which is punishable by up to eighteen months in jail and a five thousand dollar fine. So yeah. a year and five months, right? No, a year right. and six months. Yeah. Right. It's still a, a time, but uh, we will see. Hey, uh, the Baftas did uh, Moonlight. 
in a way, right? Uh, not yes. completely, but at least <laughs> yeah. to deaf people, because Carrie Mulligan was mistakenly named the award winner by a sign language interpreter during the BAFTA Award ceremony in a moonlight moment that was cut from the BBC's coverage. The award for Best Supporting Actress was presented by a deaf actor, Troy Kutsour, which signing was interpreted for the celebrity crowd by an offstage announcer, mistakenly naming Mulligan as the winner before apologizing and naming Carrie Conlon the winner. Oh, I see. So... Mm -hmm. The sign language was correct. It was the person interpreting the sign language that was incorrect. Okay. Yes. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's a definitely a moonlight moment. Um, how fast did it take for them to... Did you... I, does it, does it say fast. here? Yeah. They didn't include the gaff in, in the broadcast. So nobody... You know, only the, like the audience actually saw it. The ceremony itself, however, the interpreter was heard saying, this is a bad moment after naming the wrong winner. It is understood that the name in the envelope provided to Kotsur by the BAFTA's of officiates were the correct ones. So yeah, it's all the interpreter's fault, I guess. You would think that oh, yeah. they would have given them both an envelope and had them open it at the same time so that... Does that you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, other thing that came out uh, was that the uh, leading actress went to uh, Kate Blanchett and Austin Butler, best leading actor. So For Elvis? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You saw that, didn't you? No, I, I was going to watch it and I didn't see it in time. Yeah. Because your parents saw it. Yeah, but I didn't... I, yeah. I had access to see it, and I was like, no. So. <laughs> well, uh, at least uh, at least Kate Blanchett went one for Tar. A, mus a, a movie about music, not as well. So. Yeah, which I guess I might see this week, because you said uh, that it was coming... Oh, you know what is coming out this week? Is the unrated version... Of Megan. Ooh. I think it's coming Ooh. out on Friday, actually. Oh. I think that it's I coming really to, to say. I think it's coming to Peacock, but you're gonna have to, you already watched it, right? So it it will be interesting if you do to compare the two. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. Um I'm de I'm definitely going to see the unrated version as well, because I I wasn't that big a fan of the that's the big selling Probably point. I saw a commercial for it mm, two nights ago. That that was the big right. selling point by Peacock. Hey, come see the unrated version that everybody talked about, and then it got right. uh, bumped down to being PG thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of movies that have little girl names, Emily. Yeah. Emily. I have not seen this trailer. So me neither. <laughs> about Emily Bronte. Emma McKay. She looks familiar, right? But I don't know if I've ever it's seen her in anything. You're off to become a wonderful teacher. This is about you know Emily... Like people. The Bronte? What do you want to do? I have no idea. I, I, I haven't seen this trailer. Was Emily de Bronte a, a writer? Yes. Well, then I would think so. 
she wrote the... Uh... Any man can speak. What I want to know is, can he actually do? Do what? <laughs> supposed to be an artist. So be an artist. What is that? I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it, and he's like, ew, gross! She wrote this! <laughs> She wrote the Woodring Heights. I have often struggled. This actress looks like a da 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 da. Why can I not remember her name? She looks. Shame on this house, Emily. Looks like some American actress. It's an ugly book. There's something ungodly in your writing. Woodring Heights is a. Feel it when we're together. Really good. You know they call you the strange one. Got it. Everyone's strange if you look at them for long enough. Look. She wrote one book. She's a rebel and a misfit and a genius. She looks like Harley Quinn. What's the actress Harley Quinn? Oh yeah. You wait and see. She kind of does. Like her eyes and nose are similar. Yeah. So what is this totally boring, I mean, uh, super Oscar Beatty movie all about? Emily imagines the transformative, exhilarating, and uplifting journey to womanhood of a rebel and a misfit, one of the world's most famous and, and, and enigmatic and provocative writers who died soon at the age of 30. 6.9 mm-hmm. out of 10 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. 76% on Metacritic and 78% of Google users liked it. Decent scores all around. Directed by Francis O'Connor. Oh, Francis O'Connor. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, nobody. Yeah. I mean, it's got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's got to be at least decently shot and stuff. Yeah. I... I uh... I liked uh, the Conjuring movies. Wasn't that her? I have no idea. Uh, but on IMDb, uh, Thraya29 gave it a 1 out of 10. This movie was terribly disappointing. It's not a beautiful period movie or TV show like The Gilded Age, Downtown Abbey, The Empress, or Pole Dark, uh, or even The Guilty Pleasure of Bridgertons. It's a dreary and oh so terribly slow and lo- long. This is. Over two hours of nothing to tell or narrate. It's not romantic at all. It's not funny or witty. There's just nothing to really tell here. This movie could have been cut to oh, cut in half because there are so many silences, so many gaps with no dialogue. But even then, it would have been too long since there was nothing to tell. Even the actress can't save it. I wish I hadn't seen this. There, Yeah, that's a good uh, one out of ten for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, I f- I went to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Lisa M gave it four four stars and said, "My husband saw Ant Man while I saw Emily. I won." I, I found a ten out of ten on IMDb. Amo Amo till. Gangster28 says, deep and emotional masterpiece. This was the best movie I've seen in a while. 
in the age of basic movies, this one stands out. The story, the story is gripping, sad, and well acted. This is a solid depiction of high functioning autism in the world with no understanding or room for it. The character's motivations are clearly defined, and the character development is great, and the consequences of every action are real are realistic and harsh. Uh, it feels like a heavy drama. It's beautiful. And it's a beautiful movie. Cam work is great. The editing's great. This is a more of an artistic edit, and the costume and set design is also practical, and makes the world looks. It makes the world looks lived in. Oh, okay. So, do you remember Nina Locke from Locke and Key? Nina Locke from Lock and Key. Yeah. No. I well maybe. I guess probably, but I don't I can't picture her okay, in my head. She, okay, she's the director of this. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. She's uh this is her the dictatorial debut. Nice. So Well, also coming out this week is Devil's Peak. Uh, it is deep in Appalachian Mountain. Jacob desperately tries to escape his meth-dealing kingpin father and long-suffering mother to run off with the girl of his dreams. Directed by Ben Young, uh, with Billy Bob Thornton in it. Uh, 6.9 out of... 10 on IMDb, nice, uh, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, 36% on Metacritics. That's not great. It also, that's uh, Sean Penn's son, I think, Harper Penn. Um, Hidden uh -huh. Blade, at the height of the Chinese War of Resistance against Japan during World War II, a group of courageous citizens develop a top-secret underground espionage network Right under the nose of a newly established puppet regime, at the great peril of their own lives, the double agents extract classified information from deep behind <laughs> the enemy lines. Another six, mm. 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're getting a lot of 69s in everything score-wise this nice. week. 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 55% on Metacritic, 97% of Google users liked it. This is definitely a Chinese film. It's in Mandarin, so... Also a very small independent movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I mean, uh, sorry, I have to I have to talk two seconds. Quantumania? Is it like WrestleMania just with quantums in it? Yes, it's WrestleMania in the quantum realm, obviously. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, find themselves exploring quantum realm. Interacting with strange new creature, embarking on adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Jesus Christ, I really, really don't want to see this movie. I did not like any of the others in this series. But I, I liked the first Rod one. Rod did you? Mm -hmm. the, the second one was terrible. I don't know that I saw it, but I don't remember. Uh, 66... Uh, or 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb for the 8% on Rotten Tomatoes for the 8% on Metacritics. 84% of Googlers just like this movie. It's with Paul Rudd and Bill Murray, for example. Oh, interesting. Uh, of 
and age during the summer of 99. That's... <laughs> an 18-year-old amateur ballroom dancer has an unexpected and intense 24-hour romance with their friend's older brother. Uh, 7.6 out of 10 on IB, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 92% on Fandango. So, like, goes up by scale there, interestingly enough. Uh, directed by Goran Stolovsky. Stolovsky. Oh, him. Yep. Well, I don't want to see any of these movies. Hmm. It seemed like Devil's Peak, if I had to pick one, might have been the... Most interesting sounding one, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. got Billy Bob. I always like Mr. Billy Bob. Mr. Billy Bob is good. Hey, what are we doing next week? News of the week, TV and movies of the week, Eurovision. Any ideas on Eurovision? Uh, we're definitely going to go Italy. Uh, I know that. Uh, probably Spain. Uh, yeah. No, Spain we have done. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely Italy. Italy, for sure. That 90 show, episode 6, so we're past the halfway point. Another digital review of Cocaine Bear, which was in my list of things to see this year. Mm-hmm. It has sadly gotten pretty mediocre reviews. I'm not surprised. I mean, I get Hot Tub Time Machine vibes off of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing it, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, like, funny. It's not going to be a good movie by any means. No, no. No, it's a little, like, uh, blood and honey. Uh, yeah. All right, Jeremy Round, let's talk about Andrew Tate a little bit. Uh, Romanian court rules Andrew Tate to, to, to be in prison for 30 more days. Romanian capital agreed Tuesday to extend the social media influencers' detention another 30 days. A spokesperson for Romania's anti-organized crime agency told the Associated Press that the Bucharest Tribunal approved the prosecutor's request to hold the Tates for another 30 days, while the two women... uh, Oh, so both the Tates are 30 days, and the two women will be put under house arrest. So... Yeah, another thing is uh, Meta is uh, launching a paid verification account. Hey, that sounds a little... Familiar? Huh. It's like Twitter yeah. tried to do that and everybody like yeah. hated it and there was huge backlash and then they literally had to get rid of it and then yeah. tried to bring it back and everybody hated that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And then Meta was like, hold my beer. So. <laughs> yeah, because they were going to... <laughs> Pay, uh, it starts at $11.99 per month uh, on web. So uh, that's something. I think the one thing... Metaverified is... Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Metaverified is a subscription service that lets you verify your uh, account with a government ID, get a blue badge, get... Extra impressions protection against account claiming to be you and direct access to customer support. Huh. Huh. Sounds familiar. I think this is kind of a move by them to get around the the thing we talked about at the beginning of the show with 230, where if... Mm-hmm. 
you can't post anything as anonymous if your account is directly connected to a government um, ID. So if something do illegal does happen on their platform after 230 is repealed, let's say, they're able to go, hey, it was this person, their account is connected to this ID and send it to the proper authorities, giving them the ability to not get it in as much trouble. Uh, does that make sense? So a lot of these big tech companies are already ahead of the idea of repealing 230. It's going to affect more like the smaller uh, tech startups and stuff like that. Uh, Roald Dahl's books are going to be rewritten to remove language deemed offensive. This is fucking atrociously stupid. Augustus Gloom is now enormous instead of fat. Mi Mrs. Twit is no longer ugly. And um Oompa Loompas are going to be gender neutral, look. I always thought they were gender neutral, to be honest. Um, and is enormous better than fat? It sounds worse to me. Worse, yes. If Doesn't someone, it? I, I, I would say so. I'm, I'm fat. If someone called me enormous, I would be so fucking angry. You would be more offended, right? I would think so. Yes. Because it's like, oh my god, he's enormous. Where you would be like, oh my god, he's fat. Like, which one sounds? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but seems strange. I, yeah, there was a lot of backlash to this on both sides, where like sometimes, uh, you see, especially. Things like with the, um, what do you call it, uh, cat in the hat guy, when right. the right wing got really upset about it, it seems like both the left and the right don't like this specific censorship, right? Uh, more bad for Bruce Willis, uh, he was diagnosed with dementia after retiring to Afisha, that's super sad. Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, we knew something was going on. It's just that they've released the diagnosis. Uh, yeah. But we knew for a long time that he was having tr troubles, like remembering things and things like that. So, let's see. Uh, YouTube drama or... Let's see. Oh, I saw a commercial last night. No joke for the Ark Encounter. Really? I was watching some... Oh, I was watching... Um, What do you call it? I was either watching Poker Face or, or Watchful Eye, so it was it was like, and it was an ad for the Ark. You know what I'm talking about, that giant thing, and it was yeah. like these animated animals being like, "I love going to the Ark Encounter. It's the best." It was so weird. If I can Whoa. find it, maybe we'll watch it at the end here if you want to. That sounds super weird. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, a Polish girl that says she could be. Uh, Madeline McCain. That's in the news. Um, okay. There was the whole Brent Rivera drama. Have you seen everything going on about that? Yeah, yeah. Which started out, like, kind of a, as nothing. And it started out pretty much just one YouTuber, or two YouTubers showed up at the same hotel to film videos. It was the Shining Hotel. And... Mm they were kind of in each other's way and one of the one of the YouTubers released footage of Brent Rivera kind of being a jerk and that wasn't a huge deal until Brent Rivera started copyright striking people talking about it right yeah and then oh 
that's always yeah, like a huge deal on YouTube when you abuse the copyright system. So, we didn't talk about this in the TV round, but Poker Face is renewed for a second season of Peacock. I'm not surprised by that, right? I yeah, I don't think anybody's surprised by that, really. I'm very happy about it, though. Uh, I'm I'm in love with that show. Okay, it's good. Like I said, yeah. I I'm think I'm even more of a fan of the other one, um, Watchful Eye, which they're similar shows, but I just, something about it I like more. Like, when I go to watch an episode, I'm more excited to watch an episode of that for some reason. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Vegan Teacher Part 2 happened. That was interesting. Oh, that was good. That was so good. What else happened this so, week on YouTube? So interesting. The Aiden Ross... Aiden Ross not only decided he was going to stream the Super Bowl, but he also streamed yeah. porn to a bunch of little kids. Yeah. yeah so that was I smart. That. <laughs> Extremely smart. How is this guy why. still like, you know, how does anybody still allow him on the internet? It's really weird. I don't know. Okay, you found uh, the commercial for the Ark account. This isn't the exact one I saw last night. So, because it's from 2021, okay. so I don't know if we want to watch that one. Let me see if there's... I don't think the new one's out, or at least not on YouTube, so... Hmm. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, no. Let's see, what else happened? Uh, the, did you see the Nixium interview on H3? I did, yeah. That was pretty entertaining. I mean, I, f I even felt kind of bad for the guy. We've done things like this, though. Where we bring people on the podcast, like that one lady who believed in, like, the going into the fourth dimension or whatever. And we kind oh, of, like... she right. was great, great. We've done a few of those where we kind of put the person on the spot, and they don't really... It's always weird to hear, like, when they realize, okay, you're actually not, like, on my side, <laughs> right? Right. And you could see the point in this where he's like, oh, I see. You, that's a joke. Okay, you're kind of making fun of me, aren't you? So that, yeah. at that point, I kind of felt bad for the guy, but I mean, it's probably an important like step if he's going to move out of like being in a cult. So I agree. I think that's everything we have. Mm, I think so. Barney's coming yeah. back as a cartoon. That was the only thing. Uh, other thing I wrote down. No. Yep. No. Yeah, I think that's probably why that documentary came out that we watched last year is because they were going to release like a new Barney thing and so they wanted uh, to get ahead of people like making fun of it obviously, so they made a documentary. It's kind of strange. I don't need it. I don't need it. At you won't all. have to see it. It's going to be all probably internet based and just for little kids. You don't you probably won't ever see it. Well, I love you, and you love me. Together we are a happy family. That is true. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di another, digi another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.